Hey, good morning, friends. Great to worship with you, even though apart, to uh, be together in this time of worship. So I'm glad that you've joined us. And if you are new uh, and you're just experiencing hope new and online, I want to say a special welcome to you this morning. I'm Jeff Bills. I'm lead pastor here. And I am joined this morning by Pastor Rick Cor- no, it's not Rick Court. For the first time in this whole <laughs> online thing, I'm being joined not by Pastor Rick Court. Rick is actually, he's not off today. He's our online host. So if you are at our Meet Hope platform, say hi to Pastor Rick. I'm being joined by Pastor Heather Mandela. And uh, so Pastor Heather is uh, going to be sharing this time as we continue the series this morning. Pastor Heather has been um, a part of our staff for 15 years. Lots of different uh, areas that she has served over those years. She's currently overseeing our family ministries. And uh, so I'm excited to have you here with me, uh, Heather. You know, speaking of 15 years, that's half of the life of this church. We were just in the uh, uh, early stages of beginning to ramp up to the celebration of our 30th anniversary that's going to be taking place in November. And, uh, you know, as I look back over those 30 years, there's been a lot of things that have changed. We went from meeting in schools to meeting in our building. Our worship styles uh, have changed many times. Our ministries have changed. My hair color has changed. <laughs> Lots of things have changed. But there are some things that haven't changed. Those things that are foundational to who we are as a church. And at the root of it, at the, at the real crux of our foundation is this understanding that the purpose of the church, the, the uh, job of the church, if you will, is to make disciples. And a disciple, as we understand it, is a person who is in the process of being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ for the sake of others. So that's our understanding of what this uh, church life is about, that we are followers of Christ who are encouraging each other and uh, in that process and inviting others into the process as well. So that's a part of our DNA. And as part of that, as part of what it means to be in the process, is serving. And so serving has for almost 30 years now been at the very heart of everything that we do. In fact, when we moved into our building uh, here in Voorhees, into this, what then was our brand new building back in 1999, we had a new pulpit that was going to be part of this new worship space. And um, it's a glass pulpit because we have a glass wall in the building and it's wood, so it was glass and wood. And so those who manufactured that pulpit gave us an option of um, etching onto the front piece of glass an image. And they gave us examples of other churches. So there were crosses that we saw and images of doves representing the Holy Spirit. Methodist churches had the Methodist symbol of the cross and the flame. But the thing that struck us that was uh, so much a part of the heart of Hope Church, even back then, was the image of service. And so we had them etch on an image of the uh, basin and the towel. I think there's an image of that there. So that was the original pulpit in this room. That's how significant it is because that basin and towel represents the life and ministry of Jesus. Absolutely. And when we look at um, what it means to be a disciple, it means to look like Jesus. And his whole life here on earth was just 
one huge example of what it means to serve others and to put others first. But um, one of the most profound opportunities to see that is when we watch him interact with the disciples during the Last Supper. And, um, you know, they had gathered together in an upper room to celebrate the Passover. And the reality is that Jesus knew exactly what was coming, though his disciples had not yet grasped what this was going to be. And he knew that they were going to need an object lesson. And, um, and he wanted to let them know the depth of his love for them. And so he, as they gathered together, picked up the basin and the cloth and washed each of his disciples' feet. Now, I'm not a big foot person to begin with, so this is a challenge for me on a good day, but these are not regular feet. This is like kids in the middle of the summer feet, you know, like you know they had shoes on when they left the house. You put them on them when they left the house, but somehow when they wander back through the door a few hours later, you're not even sure those are feet at the bottom of their legs. Like they are so covered in filth and grime from playing outside and running around that all you want to do is pick them up and put them right in the bathtub and scrub those feet clean. And um, this is what Jesus was doing. He was cleaning feet that were covered in filth. People walked everywhere in sandals in the same places that camels walked and horses walked. And it was a messy, messy job. And the washing of feet was, was left to a servant, not a savior. But that's what he chose to do. And that's where we pick up the story in John. In John 13, we read that when he had finished washing their feet, he put his clothes on and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you, he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Let that soak in for just a moment. The Son of God washing the disciples' feet. This is the creator of the universe. He spoke and the world was formed. A universe so vast we can't even count the number of stars. It's still unfolding. He is a life giver, all-powerful. And yet... He humbles himself to wash his disciples' feet. And it's not just the disciples who are doing a great job following him. No, he washes the feet of one who will ultimately betray him, of one who will deny him, of one who will doubt him. He humbles himself and loves fully. You know, when Jesus came to this world and through his whole life he spent teaching us serving us and ultimately being the ultimate sacrifice for us to pay for our sins so when we 
talk about that story uh, in contemporary terms. We talk about that as the Last Supper. The disciples didn't understand that that was the Last Supper. It was the Passover meal. And so they had done this with, they had done it their whole lives. They had done it with Jesus uh, conceivably two other times. This is now the third year of uh, Jesus' earthly ministry. And so it was the Passover meal. And so when Jesus said, I've been longing for this, looking forward to this for some time to share this with you, they just thought it was another Passover. But Jesus knew, he knew that this was going to be the last time that he would be with them together on earth. Now, when you understand that a meeting that you're going into, a conversation that you're going into is going to be the last time that you're talking with this person, that you are no longer ever going to see this person again, you would imagine that you want to say the most significant things. And that's exactly what Jesus did. In that Last Supper, Jesus was saying to his disciples, the old covenant, the covenant that God made with Abraham and Moses, with Jacob, that is now ending and a new covenant with God, a new promise by God is emerging. The old covenant that was um, a righteousness based on obedience to the law and the sacrificial system was now being replaced to a righteousness through grace, through faith in him. And so Jesus wanted to give them these symbols about this new covenant that came. He was now going to be the Passover lamb. It was going to be his blood that was going to cover our sins. And so he gave them the symbol of bread. And when you break the bread, remember my broken body. When you take the cup and drink the wine, remember my shed blood. It's the new covenant. But before he did that, As Heather just talked about, he did something else profound. Something else he wanted to stick in their minds. He wanted them to remember that his life was a life of humble service. And there's nothing more humble than washing feet for all the reasons that Heather graphically uh, described to us. Just how how, uh, awful that job would be. And then Jesus asked his disciples this question, and that question echoes down over the millennia. And he asks of you, do you understand what I have done for you? Do you understand? Do we? He served. The teacher, the Lord, the Messiah served in a humble way. And set that as an example. The basin and the towel become powerful images of the life and ministry of Jesus, even as the bread and the wine. So that takes us to uh, this initiative that we have, uh, that we're launching today, that we've been calling Hope Outside. Heather is leading the team uh, that is uh, putting this together for us. So Heather, tell us about Hope Hope Outside. (laughs) It's a mouthful. (laughs) We are, I am really excited about this. So Hope Outside is actually a two-pronged approach. So the first is um, what we call our weekly focus. And so each week, we as a Hope family will be taking on um, some kind of an outside service organization and seeing how we can bless and support them in what it is they are doing. Okay, so everybody in the the church who's Mm -hmm. a part of this, 
um, has the same focus. Exactly. Uh, so give us some examples of some things that we could expect. Well, for instance, next week we're going to be supporting an organization which uh, supports families of soldiers who are overseas. So we'll be finding creative ways to um, help them along with their mission as well as blessing those who are serving that way. We'll have a week where we focus on our um, police officers and maybe we send in notes and cards or bake cookies. We will give you a whole bunch of different ideas of ways that we can show our love and support for the wide variety of organizations will be supporting. So everybody all around yeah. uh, will be sent. So if it's the police, for example, <laughs> you would send this to your town's police force. We're yes. Not, we're, not, we're not overwhelming Voorhees. <laughs> yes. uh, you, whatever town you're in, you'll, you'll uh, be blessing that. Absolutely. And I love the fact that we are in over 11 states. So it's not just even oh, New Jersey yeah. or our county that's being blessed, but we're going to have the opportunity to be doing this across the country. Awesome. So then the second part is? The second part is what we call the personal challenge. And so this personal challenge is um, ways that we can find to pass on acts of hope. And so these are really random acts of kindness, opportunities to spread a little bit of joy throughout your day and, um, and to be able to bring, um, bring the message of Jesus' love to a, a world that may not know it well. That's terrific. So... Um, some examples of that, because, you know, I love the idea, but I am I know. challenged with I'm this. I'm not particularly creative either, so don't worry. If you go to our website, uh, meethope.org slash hopeoutside, you will find that there is a button there that says need ideas, and when you click on that, there are a whole bunch of ideas, awesome. really cool ways that you can, um, that you can pass on the, uh, the love and the joy um, th throughout this personal challenge. So, for instance, one of them, we, uh, we took the little individually wrapped popcorn, pop microwave popcorn bags, and um, the Hope Outside calling card, and taped it to the front, and then put them on, like, Redbox machines so that somebody gets free popcorn when they run a movie, if anybody still goes to Redbox to rent movies. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, That's so little cool. things like that. That's cool. We actually, Marilyn and I had one uh, that happened to us uh, last week. We uh, had a styrofoam uh, container that ended up on our front porch, and uh, inside was two beautiful flounder fillets. So we have a couple uh, that uh, spend the summer down at the shore. They, they have a boat, they love to fish, and they caught these <clears throat> two beautiful flounder. Uh, they wrapped them up and put them in this container along with um, some coffee cake that they had made. And on the top of this container, they had taped a piece <laughs> of paper and wrote on it, Hope Outside. Awesome. So, so yeah. we've already been blessed <laughs> by this Hope Outside thing. You know, what I'm really excited about is in many ways, this is the um, church of the first century. Mm -hmm. You know, when you think back to the early church, they didn't have buildings, they didn't have cathedrals, they didn't have organizations and denominations. They were just a group of Christ followers who had heard the good news of Jesus and this uh, righteousness through grace, by grace, through faith in him. And that had begun to transform their lives. And so they were sharing that good news in the towns and villages that they lived in. And they were known as people who served others in all kinds of creative ways. The early church was known as a church that was serving others. And that's awesome. That's our goal here is, um, is that being in these groups is part of our DNA as much as services. And so we pulled this group together and we said, look, here's what our mission is. We want to get out and we want to serve. And the reality is 
the children led us. The, the kids have been doing summer of service for years now, and we are just getting on board with how great an idea this is. <laughs> like, hey, we could all do this. It's yeah. fantastic. So we are really taking this idea and transforming it. And this, the, um, the team around Hope Outside got together, and they said, you know, this is fantastic, but we really want to challenge people. How can we challenge ourselves to reach the most amount of people? And so in honor of our 30th anniversary coming up in November, we decided that we we would take on the challenge of 30,000 acts of hope. What? Uh, no. <laughs> it is a big. Seriously, 30,000? Seriously, 30,000 acts of hope. Now, it's not quite as challenging as it sounds because you have to figure, you know, when you send, say you order pizza for the police department. Well, here in Voorhees, you're ordering, uh, you know, pizza for probably 60 officers. So, you know, there's 60 people right there through one act of service. And um, the same thing, when you are giving or serving or packing here at the food pantry, they're reaching over 400 individuals. So the reality is that if we are creative and we think about how we can touch hearts and lives and minds, it's going to fall into place. It's going to be a beautiful thing. And um, That's and a BHAG. You know, that's back in the day, we used to call that a BHAG, yeah. a big, hairy, audacious goal. Yes, absolutely. And we want to get everybody to participate in this. We want everybody to embrace it. But really, we want to make sure we're embracing it with the right heart because as much fun as a challenge is and as much fun as it is to um, have a project like this to, to, um, to be a part of, we're doing this not for the thank yous, not because we want people to know who Hope Church is. We're doing this because we want to bring the light of Christ to the world. And we, um, we adopted 1 John 4.19 as kind of our theme for this project, because it really does sum up our motivation behind it. And First uh, John 4.19 says, um, our love for others is our grateful response to the love God first demonstrated for us. And that's what it's about. It's about the fact that God so loved us that we want to respond in kind. And we want to take that love out into a hurting and desperate world. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what's really cool, too, is in Hebrews, it tells us that we should be thinking of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And that's where the challenge component comes in. This is why we're saying, let us know what you're doing. Share it on um, social media with the hashtag Hope Outside. It's not about patting each other on the back. It's about encouraging, motivating, spurring each other on to acts of love and good deeds. Mm. So, you know, these are challenging times and it, it's become cliche to say that but it's true you know I just saw an interview with Ken Burns you know the guy who does those documentaries uh, uh, about baseball and about uh, the national parks and so forth Ken Burns in an interview recently said that this is the fourth uh, largest challenge that our nation has ever faced civil war was number one the Great Depression was number two World War II was number three, and now this uh, pandemic that we live in. Um, these are challenging times. This is a difficult time for everybody. And then we have, um, as well, we're dealing with the racial inequities in our country and, and dealing with uh, the realities of that. And so it can feel overwhelming to us. It can feel discouraging, and people are are looking, longing for good news and, and probably asking the question, what can I do? What can one person do? 
And I think at the heart of it, that's what Hope Outside um, is about. We're not going to change the whole world, but if we can bring the light of Christ into our neighborhood, into our community, into our town, who knows what God might choose to do with that and how God might bless that uh, in the lives of others. And really the win for this is not 30,000, although I think that's a really cool goal. The win is about shining this light on others. At the heart of what it means to be a disciple, this process of being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ for the sake of others, at the very heart of it is this understanding that we are called to serve others. Absolutely. And that's where sometimes we have to get a little out of our comfort zone. And so it is super easy for me to run um, an anonymous gift over to one of my best friends who I know what their favorite food is or I know what their favorite uh, drink is and I can leave it for them. Or even to, to be able to, um, you know, drop something off at, a, at somebody who needs a meal. And these are all great things to do. And I hope that we will do those things. But I also hope that we will challenge ourselves to find ways to bless total strangers. Mm that we will find ways to bring the light of Christ into a chaotic world. Because the reality is, when we're blessing each other, hopefully we're all standing here. We are the light of Christ together. We want to find ways to take the light of Christ outside. We want to get out into our communities and to make a difference in the name of Jesus. And you never know, right, how yeah. this random act of kindness may impact someone. Um, and God can use it in amazing ways. It was a number of years ago, um, Kevin was thinking about going back to grad school. And so we'd been talking about it. Is it the right time? We had really little kids. He was working full time. I was working. Um, and we really felt like this is what was supposed to be happening, that it was time for him to go back and get his master's. But we were just kind of waiting for that peace, you know, that comes. And, um, and so, you know, the, after talking about this, the next morning Kevin went to work and he stopped at the Dunkin' Donuts where he typically stops on the way to work. And the person in front of him had randomly purchased his coffee for him. And so he texted me and he's like, hey, guess what? You know, my coffee just got, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Um, and I didn't think much else of it and uh, got the kids off to school and started on my way to work. And I went to the, the Dunkin' Donuts right around the corner from us where I typically would go. And as I pull up to pay, she says, oh, no, the person in front of you just bought your coffee. And I texted Kevin, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, clearly God is telling us he's got the details. Like, clearly, if something so insignificant um, as coffee, you know, it can be looked, taken care of, then how much more so? are all of the big stuff yeah. being taken care of. So those two random people in completely different places, um, God used to speak directly into our hearts and our situation. Great example of how simple things can make a big difference um, and how God can use it in ways that we may never know this side of heaven. You know, I saw a commencement uh, speech recently and uh, the speaker who was powerful said, let your serving towel be bigger than your ego. Let your serving towel be bigger than your ego. And I really think that's the example of Jesus, that uh, Jesus, the Son of God, um, humbled himself with a towel and a basin and washed feet. What is he calling us to do as we seek to bless those around us? So I'm excited about Hope Outside. I hope you're going to be participating. I can't wait to hear the stories and the ways that you're finding uh, to serve others and we'll be sharing our stories and it's it's going to be a great time um, as we are continuing to be the church 
even though we're not together in the same space, we're still the church, um, and maybe now more than ever. Let's pray together. So, Lord, we offer this Hope Outside uh, experience to you. We pray that you would lead us and guide us, challenge us, awaken us to people that we might be serving, folks that we don't know. And we don't know how you're going to use our little acts of kindness to bless them and to speak into their lives. And so, Lord, we, um, we offer to you we're excited to see and to, uh, and to follow you in this and ask that you would continue to bless and guide us always and in all ways. Amen. Hey, have a great week.